Israel and um, I don't I'm tuned in and you know I'm a gambler I'm tempted to uh, bet on the guy he's fighting because the dude he's fighting I don't know his name I don't know if you can look up his name real quick but uh, or wh whoever he's fighting but yeah he's, he's going up what oh he got drops coming down oh shit <laughs> but uh but uh like because he's moving up like 20 20 pounds he's moving up to like the heavyweight division heavyweight or light heavyweight what i mean we going like it's recording but i can edit i can edit whatever i just always like to try to get it flowing something like that some russian dude but his last i want to say eight fights have been do i still got drops coming down my eyes but um his last eight fights they said he his last eight fights he ended ended in a knockout and he's natural at that weight compared to adesanya now i don't want to just from a gambling perspective i might bet on the underdog but i might just stay away from that altogether because i would bet on israel but it's at least since he's the favorite to win a hundred, it's like two two fifty, two sixty. Don't let me lie. It's probably risen over the past uh couple days, but but I think the fight I'm gonna bet on is the Amanda Nunes. Amanda Nunes is fighting some chick and I'm betting it's like net minus one ten. So you put down a hundred ten dollars to win a hundred, uh, if she wins the fight in a knockout. A knockout or a TKO. And I'm probably Yeah, Nunez. And I'm probably gonna bet on that just because she don't play. A lot of her fights always end in a knockout or TKO. She yeah, she get to it. She get to it. And you know them. I was I was I was about to call her another term, but the the proper term. You know those lesbians. <laughs> those that's a. Hey, she a true lesbian. And y'all know the word I was about to say. <laughs> it rhymes with hike. But those hikes out there, hey, they don't <laughs> they don't play when it come to the fight game. And she one of them. I would not test her. So, yeah, I'm definitely betting on Amanda Nunez for all my gamblers out there. Big burr. <laughs> Big burr. Let me go ahead and intro the podcast. Mic check, mic check. Mic check, one, two. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mic check, one, two, one, two. Episode, I don't know what episode this is. 15, 16 of In The Cut with Kurt James podcast. And you guessed it. Bitch, you guessed it. I go by the name of Kurt James. If you want to listen to my music that's been playing throughout the podcast at the intro, midsection, or whenever you tuned in, search Kurt James on all streaming platforms. But this is In the Cut with Kurt James podcast, available wherever you stream your podcast. We are back with another episode, another week. My co hosts are in the building with me, but we are short a few. Um, a few pieces of equipment, but the show must go on as long as you niggas see my face. We in here. We out here. We out here. But, uh, <laughs> hey, every, every time I see Popeyes, I just think about how everyone was in a frenzy over that damn sandwich. Y'all were killing each other. Just Popeyes. I don't, I don't remember their, their profits for that, that, that little time period, but I'm pretty sure it was astronomical. They didn't even have to, they weren't even promo when the chicken sandwich, right? Just a black Twitter, we, black people, we are the culture. We move everything, right? I seen just people talking about it on social media, just promote, yo, Popeye's got a good chicken sandwich. I just kept seeing different people on my timeline promote that chicken sandwich. So I said, you know what, let me try it out. And then I tried it and it was pretty damn good. And then when I came back for seconds, it was over. 
it was over. Y'all were, I, so every time I see Popeyes, I think about that frenzy of, of chicken sandwiches. But it don't hit the same. Like, did you even order the, the chicken sandwich or no? See, oh, you got the tenders. I never got tenders from Popeyes. Never got the tenders. Bussin'? Okay, bussin'. I'm going to have to check that out. Because normally I get the, um, I mean, as all, I'm pretty sure a lot of us get within the culture that, um, yeah, two-piece special. Two-piece special. $2 Tuesday special. And I'll never forget Zach's dad. Shout out to Mr. Alch. <laughs> he said, yo, let me get 10 two-piece specials. I'll never forget that. 10 two-piece specials. I'll never forget that. And more legs than thighs. I, <laughs> I always remember that when we were young. So, <laughs> no, but real talk, though. Real talk, though. So, I think the phrase, the phase has kind of died off. They're trying to continue to market it, but that that phase has passed. So, fish sandwich now. I'm hesitant to get fish from any fast food restaurant. Uh, by the way, just that you know, just doing your research on fish and whatnot. Um, I don't know all the specific details, but definitely not from a fast food spot. Uh, Nick, I know you love to. I know you always at Popeyes getting them fish fillets, but I don't know. I can't trust it. But again. I do fall victim to going to fast food, just as we up, as all of us do. But um, and I always get that blackened ranch. But I don't know how we got on this on Popeyes. Oh, I seen the cut. I seen the cup or whatever. But um, <laughs> we are back in the cup with Kurt James podcast. It is just I. Um, I just got hired uh at a new job. New job, boys. We out here. Um, and as y'all can see, for, for all of those who follow me on social media, at uh, YoungKurt713 on Instagram, I posted a video about, you know, drug tests and how I went through about five screening processes before they offered me a job. So finally got offered the job, and we start on Monday. Um, this is at the dealership. Okay. At the dealership. The dealership. The most extensive process I've had to go through to get a job. But we in there. But I'm still, I'm low-key going to fill it out. I'm going to reach out to my my AP, my assistant principal, and different people at the school and let them know, hey, I need like a week off for, I'm going to make up a reason. And just to fill out the, you know, the first week at the new job. And make sure it's really profitable like they marketed to me. So, before I just fully dive in. But from the outside looking in. I'm probably going to have to make that move and make that transition. But new job, boys, after five fucking interviews, we in here. We out here. So, no, I'll be, I'll be sweating like KG on camera. So, big shout out to that. Um, What else has been going on this week? Uh, Well, that's a lot. Uh, That's a lot that's been going on, okay? Uh, Percocets, Molly Percocets, mask off, fucking mask off. If you're living in the South, if you're living in the South, we outside this summer, okay? Abbott said, fuck that, we outside with it, okay? Mask off. What Drizzy say? Play that mask off when they find a real cure. <laughs> the South Side! I mean, we were recording this a couple days after Greg Abbott had a, he had a press conference about um, reopening Texas to 100%. Businesses can open fully at 100%. And the mask mandate is no longer in effect as of... Next Wednesday, I want to say that's the 11th or 12th coming up. And it was a lot of outrage, a lot of outrage on social media, on mainstream news outlets. And 
Now, look, honestly, I don't. It was very unnecessary for Greg Abbott to have a, a press conference about reopening Texas because I said this. I said this on my story. The South been wide open. It's been wide fucking open for about six to seven months, honestly. Now, for business owners, you guys might. You might uh, feel differently about this because there's capacity limits at your restaurant. But for the most part, uh, restrictions have not been followed. Niggas have been outside, okay? Y'all been hotboxing at these hookah spots. Um, Y'all been going to parties at the strip. So outside has been wide open. So I really do think it was unnecessary for Abbott to have a press conference regarding that. But... Uh, it begs the question, why did he have to make that announcement? And again, I think the mayor of Houston, Sylvester Turner, he tweeted this. He said he thinks Abbott, he had that big announcement about the mask off mandate and reopening to detract from what's happening with the winter storm. Because there's still there's still hearings going on about the power outage failure, the rolling blackouts all across Texas, right? ERCOT is getting criticized severely. So is Greg Abbott's leadership just because the governor appoints members of the board on ERCOT. And again, when you think about leadership in your states, you really got to look to the governor and, and the legislator. So me personally, I think it was really just to cover up what's been happening with, with the winter storm. So that's why I'm not really shocked. I'm not really surprised. But again, I said this earlier, y'all have been outside why the fake outrage? I really do think it's fake outrage. Now, I understand that certain industries, again, I do think it was unnecessary for Abbott to really have that press conference and make that announcement. Because, again, on my conspiracy theorist tip, I think he's just trying to detract from what happened. And he knows he knows that the mainstream media view him in a negative light. So to detract from what's going on with that winter storm, I feel like he had to make that announcement. But... Um, I do understand it from, you know, from the education standpoint, because I've been in that field as a sub and the kids do walk, want to walk up to, you no mask, just they're coughing on each other. The kids don't care. The kids are, are the real spreaders, the super spreaders. So I understand why certain individuals in the education field are upset with that announcement. But the majority of y'all, I don't understand the fake outrage because, Again, the South has been wide open, and a lot of y'all have been out and about and in public. And I hate that we live in a state and in, in society where now we have to we 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 always have to talk about things from a from a political standpoint. People who live in red states versus blue states. A lot of people in red state or in blue states, New York, California, they've been moving down to the South to red states: Texas, Florida, Louisiana, Georgia. And but it's because we need to lift these restrictions when it comes to when it comes to the pandemic. I do feel like in order for the economy to fully recover, you have to start opening up these businesses. That's why you see places where they've had the tightest restrictions, New York, uh, California. They're just now opening indoor dining. But a lot of my homies who stay in these places, they they often vent their frustrations with all of the restrictions in these majority blue states. So again, I understand that from, um, it was really childish and it was unnecessary for Greg Abbott to have that press conference. But again, I, I think it was for, I think it was calculated. I think it was calculated. 
Exactly. He thought he thought it was gonna be a mic drop, but you thought wrong. So um I'm just ready to see all of the <laughs> the Karen's and the staunch conservatives. I'm ready to see them act a fool when they realize that businesses can still enforce um, a mask policy at their schools, at their restaurants, at their place of business. So again, I think on both sides, I think it was unnecessary for all the, for all the fake outrage. I do think it's fake outrage in my opinion, but a lot of people disagree with me. My mom, we were going at it. We were arguing about it. I just told her that we live in the South and I don't know why people who live in the South are surprised that um, the governors want to reopen the state 100% fully, right? We knew, we know how conservatives roll, okay? And again, everything, the, the, the regulations and the restrictions have not been followed. So that's how I feel about it, honestly. Um, again, we're down um, a couple microphones, so uh, I would get, uh, you know, my guy's opinions in here, but um, we don't have an extra mic, but the show must go on. We will move forward, but that's how I feel about it. I really do think it's fake outrage, but at the same time, I do think it was unnecessary for our leadership to have a press conference and an announcement about that. So that's how I feel about it. Um, but yeah, we outside. Percocets, Molly Percocets. If all my family members listening, I do not take Percocets or methamphetamines. I'm just, that's just a reference to a song, okay? Um, in other news, um, what's been going on? Shit, I would tell you guys to talk, <laughs> but what y'all been on for the, for for this week? What's been going on with you guys? Real quick, as I review my notes. Are you ready? Are y'all ready for that spring break? And then that's another thing. I'm starting a new job. I don't get the spring break at the new job. And they're trying to make boys work on Saturdays, too, like one Saturday a month. So it really got to be profitable at this motherfucker for me to just really stick with it and be disciplined and stay strong with it. But so we'll see. But you say just waiting for that spring break, wait for that spring break and. You know, my guy, my cuz over here, young Nick, you know, we were supposed to have our collaboration episode this week in the cut with Showtime, and we were supposed to have the epic versus battle between Drake and Kanye. It's still, it's still going to happen. It's still going to happen. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm just, uh, we just had some scheduling difficulties on my part. I was a little stuck the past couple days, so I was unable to confirm um, a few appointments, but don't worry. Don't worry. Well, I'm going to, we're going to respect Ye's catalog soon, okay? <laughs> but um what else been going on in politics uh the COVID-19 stimulus the 1.9 trillion dollar bill um they're making some changes to it as well uh but we should be getting another round of stimulus checks I would say uh late March early April but there is a standoff in the office between, uh, you know, conservatives and, and conservatives and Democrats. But uh, it looks like we will be getting those soon after a few amendments. So run me my check. Run me my check OK. Oh, you saw that video I sent y'all in the uh, <laughs> in the group chat. Whatever. What if that nigga was singing uh, ordinary people uh, <laughs> about Joe Biden and the stimulus checks? Oh no! You gotta look at it. It's in the uh, it's, it's in the Instagram DMs. <laughs> he said, "I need my stimulus checks." <laughs> he killed that though. He killed that. Oh, but um, 
45, Donald Trump. Once we recorded our podcast last Friday, I think Trump made an appearance in Florida at a CPAC convention, a conservative convention that happens, I want to say, annually. And he appeared... And I'm not gonna lie, man. Trump looking like Trump looking like he's gonna he's gonna be the nominee in 2024 again. Like they they really love this man. Now the media outlets haven't been covering it because they don't want to give Trump any attention. But the Don might try to make a return in 2024. In 2024, so I'm not shocked. I'm not surprised. Um, and I'm not gonna say. And I'm I'm gonna say he looked. He didn't look like a train wreck at that um at that convention. And normally Trump, he I think he's learn I think he's slowly learning from his mistakes. And it's it's crazy to say that about a man that's 80 years old, <laughs> that's damn near 80 years old that he's learning from his past mistakes, but he didn't look that bad because his Achilles heel, he's a great I wouldn't say he's a great speaker like Barack Obama, but he knows how to garner attention. He knows how to garner attention and to garner a vote and to cause a controversy. But his Achilles heel was always his lack of empathy. He always had a lack of empathy, and he was a little, he was very blunt at times. He was very blunt at times. But I think, and he was blunt during this convention, but he was just well, he was very calculated. And it was a different Donald Trump that I saw. It wasn't a different Donald Trump. It was the same old, same old, but it was more, it was better... He articulated himself very well. He seemed more calm and composed. So I think he's slowly but surely learning this political game after being in politics for four years. So I'm not going to give Trump too much praise and too much credit, but um, could be an act. Exactly. Because I think that whenever he was running, because I think whenever he became president and whenever he was very wild and out of control with his rhetoric during his candidacy, I think a lot of people were turned off from that. So they switched over to the other side and voted for Joe. And I think he realized that. But again, he did bring out the highest turnout in voter history, in, uh, in, a, in election history, yeah. right? That, that's the most anyone has ever voted, right? And Joe Biden, I don't remember how many votes he had total, but Trump had... 74, 75 million people voted for him. So don't be surprised when we see him back in 2020. But I don't want to go too deep into politics real quick. But um, let's hop into this commercial break real quick. I've been talking a lot, been sipping, trying to keep things flowing. This is In The Cut with Kurt James podcast, available on all streaming platforms. I go by the name Young Kurt, uh, Kurt James to be specific. Y'all fuck with me. Uh, tune in. Yes, sir. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, y'all are seeing the bottom of my head, but we are back in the cut with Kurt James podcast, and you guessed it, I go by the name of Kurt James, the master of ceremonies of listening to In the Cut with Kurt James, available on every streaming platform, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple, iHeart, everywhere you stream podcasts, y'all go check me out, come fuck with the boy, and shout out to my guys at the HBA Hoops, if you're in Houston, are you looking to develop your basketball skills? Just contact those guys and and girls. They'll get you right. Um, let's get back to it. Uh, new music. New music. Now, I'm pretty sure 
everybody was anticipating this, and I sure was. So let me go ahead and get straight to it, man. Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack, two of my favorite. <laughs> no, but real talk though, two of my favorite artists uh, right now, Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars. They finally, well, there there were rumors going. Well, they dropped an announcement a couple weeks back that they were releasing a, a joint album together, a project. And they finally released the debut single off that hoe, and it's called Leave the Door Open. And I must say, I wish I could play music on here right now on my podcast. We're going to figure it out one day. I can play it for y'all like on these other podcasts. But uh, Leave the Door Open, Bruno Mars, Anderson Pack, they one for one right now, one for one. And really... If you look back at their at both of their last projects, Anderson Pack's Ventura, a fuck, a fuck with Anderson Pack Ventura. That's a nice, concise project. And Anderson Pack just makes quality music. I love him as an artist. He's one of my top. He's one of my top artists. Just overall artists. I fuck with Anderson Pack heavy. He's very, um, very, very creative. Very, you know, hip hop is funk inspired. Very funk inspired. Very jazzy. I love his just. The musicality that he puts into his uh, into his work, I love that from Anderson Pack. And then Bruno Mars, his last project, 24K. I mean, can we just say just it's, it's a classic? It's a classic. Won the Grammy from it. And I know Bruno Mars was doing some press, and it had me thinking about. Um, I want to say when he dropped 24K, there was this narrative going around about Bruno being a quote unquote culture vulture, like he's. Um, jocking from Teddy Riley and from the 80s and all of that. Let me just say, I never subscribed to that type of narrative, to that theory. Uh, Bruno always paid homage. He's a person of color, so I don't know how he could be um, a vulture. So, again, social media, you guys just hatch on to a hashtag and try to cancel somebody, but not I, not me. Bruno, I've been rocking with you ever since. Hey, because I was a Bruno Mars. I wasn't really a Bruno Mars fan. I was a casual but then he dropped 24K, and I started listening for real, for real. I said, oh, okay, this is what I've been missing. And I remember when he dropped that, that was a, man, that was a, that was an interesting time in my life. I was doing a lot of different things when that album dropped. But great project. And I say that to say he dropped a great project last time, dropped the classic. Anderson Pack, Pac dropped a, a great project. So I expect uh, nothing short of a classic, honestly. And these... I want a collab album from, like, like this makes sense. It makes sense for Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack to be coming out with a project. A lot of artists force the collab projects, some shit that comes out of left field that we never asked for, but y'all want to give it to us. Y'all do one song together, and, oh, well, let's drop a collab project. No, I'm not interested in that. Like, and I hate to say this, because one, <laughs> I hate to say this, because this is one of my favorite artists. Um... Like when Breezy and Young Thug dropped the uh, Super Slime project. That came out of nowhere. But I like that project. I like that project. See you, living. See you twice. <laughs> See you, my bitch. Breezy, Breezy can murder every hook. And then Thugger did his thing, too. But nobody asked for that. But Go Crazy was one of the best. That was one of the best records of 2020, I want to say. Go, go, go Crazy was tough. So... This just makes sense. The first single, Leave the Door Open. I love it. I did not see the video, but I'm going to tune to it ASAP as soon as possible. Drop the album already because we're ready to purchase it. 
I know this nigga Nick, he tried to fire me up. He said, I'm on your ass. You gonna hop into the group, me. And he, you had the nerve to talk about drop the album already. And if, if for you guys that listen to the podcast, we know Nick. We know who Nick is a stand of. So let's just get to it next. Go ahead, talk. But you double back. It wasn't even, it wasn't even the, it wasn't the that you said that. I listen to as a rap nigga. Yeah, I'm an artist. Oh yeah, hip hop inspired, hip hop first for sure. Like, I mean, we just got three like three quality, good quality. And Drake was promoting. Drake was promoting the the the, uh, the EP. I want to say like a night before, and everybody was talking about it. So I get it. Yeah, y'all expect you expected you know, me to. You. I'm about to say, I know what you what, what you listen I, to it a little I, I, bit. I, I like, I like shit. And this I week, and this week, I've been this past week. I ain't gonna lie, I've been on my R&B vibes crazy, big R&B vibes crazy. I think it always happens whenever I'm low key talking to a female. I start just bumping hella, hella, hella R&B. You know what I'm saying? I've been sipping a little bit, so I've been on my R&B vibes heavy. But let's get to it. The the boy. The boy Aubrey Scary Hours too. Um, off rip, I'll say it's better than the first Scary Hours. I fuck with. Uh, it was definitely better than the first Scary Hours. Um, if you guys don't remember, he dropped a two track EP, Scary Hours. Um, I want to say God's Plan was on it and Diplomatic Community. Um, two quality records. Uh, don't really listen to Diplomatic Community no more like that. But it's quality. It's not bad. It's not a bad song. Uh, and God's Plan is God's Plan is one of Drake's. Highest streaming songs, so I rock with both. I rock with both songs, but Scary Hours too. I'll be honest. Uh, this this is what I'm looking for from Drake. I'm looking for him to give me these type of raps, these type of uh, melodies, this this type of content. I, I'm here for it. Now, um, what's the first song called? What happens next? What's next? Now the production, love the production. I don't know who produced it, but when I heard it, I heard it in the gym, so I was kind of hyped. Started jamming to it, but it's actually it's actually my least favorite out of the three. Um, but it's still a great it's still a great record. And me and Dre and a couple other people are are in the group chat. He that's his favorite song on the tape. What's next? But um, quality quality production, quality bars from Aubrey. Uh, but my favorite, uh, it's tough to pick a favorite right now. Um, well. I'll say, I'll say, um, hmm, what would I say? It's tough. I'll probably have to say the Drake and Ross record. And on that, uh, Lemon Pepper Freestyle, and on that, Drake, instead of a, well, instead of What a Time to Be Alive 2, when are you and Ross going to drop that collab project? Because every time y'all drop, y'all don't miss. Y'all don't miss whenever y'all drop. Made, going back to Made Man, God made niggas with me. Free spirit. Tap my name on you, girl, so I know it's real. Um, to Lord knows. To to gold roses. To uh, money in the grave. To lemon pepper freestyle. I said free spirit. Yeah. Where's the project? Where's the project? I don't want what a time to be alive to. Even though you and Future have a great chemistry as well, but we need that Drake Ross project ASAP. And I know y'all have it. I know y'all have it. I know y'all have it. 
And I just knew that record. Hey, once the once I heard the sample, once I heard the sample, I said, I wonder if it was 40 who did it. Because that sounded like some 40 shit. But it, it, it could be anybody. But once I heard the sample, I said, oh, yeah, this about to be it. This is about to be it. And even though Ross give us the same flow every time, Immaculate, and Tev had Tev Tev tweeted this earlier. He said, "When are we gonna start putting? When are we when are we going to start putting uh, Ross in that uh, top lyricist category?" And a lot of people were and and, and and a lot of people were Ross, Ross, Ross. But Ross paints pictures very vivid, and that's what and and from a. From a hip hop artist perspective, that's what it's about, right? Can you tell stories? Can you make me actually? I can actually visualize what you're telling to me. And Ross does that better than a lot of niggas. So, but a lot of people, they don't know how to separate their feelings from the music. They don't know how to compartmentalize. Because I saw a lot of people saying, Ross, Ross, I just can't, for the things that he said on records and interviews, I, j I just can't separate the two. But we're talking about strictly the music. Ross and Cody will tell you, I used to, Cody and a lot of my niggas will tell you, I used to always sleep, I was very sleep on Ross. I was in a coma on Rick Ross. I think I let the perception, I think 50 Cent really fucked up my perception of Rick Ross because he, you know, he put it out that he was a CEO and he stole his name from the original Rick Ross. I was caught up in that. I wasn't worried about the music. But when I went off to college, my boys, Big Mike and Eric, they said, yo, fuck all that shit. Listen to the albums. Listen to the music and tell me this nigga ain't better than 50. And I want to say after I did that, yeah. Like, if we going, if Ross, if Ross and 50 do a versus, I want to say Ross might be, Ross might, I don't know about Wash 50, but I think he'd beat 50. Who? A Ross 50 Cent versus. Because Ross got better... 10 or 20 records. I think, 10, I think Ross' career is just longer. Yeah, Ross is... If it's 10, it might be 50. If it's 10, it might be 50 because 50 could just let Get Rich run. <laughs> Honestly. Get Rich and, and the Game album. Lamborghini doors on the Escalade. 20, because Ross is more consistent. Ross might be the most... Ross might be, Ross might be one of the most consistent hip-hop artists ever. Mr. Consistent. You know it's gonna be fire when he drops. Twenty and ten every every season. And he don't have a Get Rich or Die Trying album. You know what I'm saying? Like he don't have an album on the level of Get Rich. But as he mentioned, all my shit went gold, nigga. But like, <laughs> it's just it's just get after you know just consistent yeah. quality. Ross is one of the best. He has one of the best ears in music because Ross one of the best ears in music. His Whenever he picks a beat, like Ross could A and R a great project. That's why it made sense for him to be a label exec. So um, I'm with it. I think Rick Ross has been very um, slept on. He's very he's very much so underrated. Shit, what he say on what's free? Uh, over a decade, and I'm nobody's favorite. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. Something to the tune of that. So Ross, I'm gonna give you your flowers. I think Ross is, and at the age he's at, he's. Like, I want to say in his 40s and still creating quality hip-hop music. But, yeah, went on a tangent with Rick Ross, but Drake and Rick Ross, I need that collab project. How would you, how would you, I need that collab project. I'll give him an A. I, thought, I, ain't gonna lie to you. 
I'll give him an A. I, I I'll give him an A. I would give his bars an A, but Drake doesn't rap like this on his on on his album sometimes. In my opinion, in my humble opinion, I think he does, but he doesn't. He does, but he doesn't. Right? I need because he always does this. He'll put out some hip hop shit right before he drop his album because just to feed us, to feed the streets. And it's like, yo, bro, I'm on the scary hours too vibe. I want the album to be in that same realm. Give me ten, give me ten, eleven tracks like you gave me on Scary Hours too. Yeah. I'm with that. But I understand, as a lot of people love to mention about Drake, he has a fan base to feed. He's pop. He can't just give us the hip hop shit. Even though I argue with you, even though I argue this with you all the time and I wish we had another mic but so they can hear you. But um I just think sometimes I feel like Drake gives us the hip hop shit on his EPs and mixtapes type shit. But when it comes to the album, he gives us he don't really give us that. He does, but he doesn't. I know I know exactly He does, but he doesn't. Strictly hip hop, nothing melodic. Is that the one with Baby? Yeah, that oh no, I fuck with that. That's why I said it, it was tough between uh, Lemon Pepper Freestyle and this track with Lil Baby. But uh, Ross and Ross and Drake are just undefeated on the track together. Like they chemistry crazy. You think so? I didn't even think about that. I know what he said in that in that track. I wouldn't deny it. I would. I wouldn't deny that him and and now that you say that, I think I'm thinking back to that Kanye line because I played it over and over and over again, and that was a bar. I did like that. I did love. I love that. I love pettiness, sub subliminals. He said um, he needs. He's he said something about needing Jesus, and I would confess to Jesus, but he wouldn't. Yeah, but 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 he wouldn't believe it or whatever. So I can definitely see that now in hindsight. I wasn't even thinking about that, but that was def that that was that might have been he might have been alluding to that situation. He might have been alluding to that situation, and yeah, he probably did, probably did. So um, I love that. Yay, yay! You gotta come back with some. Sh yay, come on, yay! <laughs> come on, yay! No, I know, yay. He's not gonna respond, especially not this yay, but. I, I'm just talking about with music. I want, I want, I want some fire shit, yay! I need that. I need that from you. Aubrey talking too slick on these records. Too slick, yay! Shit, what you say, yay? That's too far, nigga. When Jay said I might wear black for a year straight. He ran from Pusha T, so I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> he didn't run, but he. Tug this tail a little bit because I do admit Duppy freestyle was hard, but he had more bars for Kanye than Push. But That's my thing is, it ain't, it ain't really for push, no, but you it gotta be something for Push. If Push Push coming at you, if a nigga shooting at you and you didn't acknowledge him, you have to you have to give him more smoke. You because you know Ye not. Yes, we know you have a beef with Ye, but this man been coming for your head for years, and you've acknowledged it. So you might as, but it's strategic. It's strategic. It's very strategic. No, true, true hip hop heads care. True hip hop fans, artists, we care. But the but but the majority. 
I mean, it's not relevant now, but people remember. Not really. People, people remember. It's not gonna kill his career, it but it did not put a. It didn't put a blemish, but we can't just say nobody wants to beef with Drake because didn't he didn't want to beef with. He didn't want no smoke with Push. Okay, I feel that, and I agree. He don't run from it, but he did tuck his tail. I feel like, and that Pusha T Drake whole scandal. Facts, because they know. Pusha not scared of Drake, cause Pusha come from, cause Pusha come from an era with with real rap, where like. Push's air was real rap. He know Drake is quality, but Pusha, Pusha a different type nigga. He would wash Drake. But he said, I remember he said this in the interview. He said, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I will wash him, but I'm still in my Lamborghini. Yes, I'm hurting. Yes, I'm jaded. Like, <laughs> like Pusha that crazy where he bumping some jaded. But he like, this R&B nigga can't fuck with me. Like I watched this nigga because he come from an era where, where skill set this you you had your skill set had to be top tier for you to even get into the rap game. Drake's era and Drake Drake is still a part of that era, but it was the end of it when he was coming up two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. What do you mean bridging the gap? What do you mean bridging the gap? Kanye and Ho was still active, yeah. I mean, Drake. Yeah. I would say. I'd say Drake did usher in a new style of rap, right? Melodic rap. I do, but I do feel like Ye was the architect of that. You know, Ye started it, but then Drake took it to another level, and then everybody followed Drake's. Exactly, and then everybody. I mean, Nate Dogg was before, but he was an R and B singer. He wasn't a rapper, like a hip hop artist. I know what you're trying to say. It was melodic, but he wasn't like rapping, and he wasn't. We saw bits of it in uh, with Zero, and we saw bits of it with Fifty Cent, and then and Ja Rule, and then Ye. It was then Ye made a whole album like that, and then Drake just took it and ran with it, and now he's the biggest artist in the world. So. Hard to get discovered unless you was a lyrical spiritual nigga. Yo, yo, elite. And be. No, you can blow up off SoundCloud and have no skill set at all. Yeah. Your your skill set could be mid tier to the bottom. Exactly, but if the re if the record's trendy, if we can dance to it, you popping. So. It's a different era, but again, Drake came up. Drake still had to make quality hip hop music. He was towards the back end of that. So, um, but again, um, I love Scary Hours too. I'm not going front. Um, I'm looking forward to Certified Lover Boy. I'm looking forward to a lot of the big artists. I'm glad Drake gave us something. Um, I'm glad Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack gave us something because 2021 has been slow for releases. I've said this 
um, on podcasts as well. I think a lot of people are waiting for the country to fully reopen and these vaccines to hit. But um, <laughs> hey, it's about to be uh, it's about to be hella business in Texas very soon. All the rappers is coming to Texas ASAP. They was already in Atlanta and Florida and Texas. They were already doing little pop ups in the South here and there. But now that Texas is fully open, oh yeah, it's about to go up. It's up and it's stuck. <laughs> Real talk, but uh oh, and real quick, yeah, little baby, little baby, he knew he, he knew he had to rap on there with Drake, but, but I like you know he threw his. No, I know what you're saying, but you made me remember I was gonna talk about this. Little baby held his own on, on that track too. Obviously, Drake had the better verse, but little baby held his own, held his own. Uh, but that but that track, um, that little baby track, it's solid. I honestly, I'm not gonna front. It's solid. It's a solid track, but I like the feature better. I like the feature better than, than than Baby's verse. I think the nigga on the feature killed it, and I think Baby's sound is starting to sound a little a, l- a little saturated to me. Like, ba- and the production for me, Baby has to have the right production for me to really for his shit not to sound all the same to me. That's the that that's the one criticism I have of Baby. Great artist, and again, I, I'm a hip hop artist as well, so I can respect. The hits that he has, because he does have undeniable hits. Like my turn, undeniable hits on that. But he has to have the right production. Can't be lazy with the production. But I understand it might have been. I wouldn't be surprised if it was the dude record. He paid Baby for the feature, and Baby said, "You know, I'm gonna make this my record." You know what I'm saying? Woo wop. I just feel like he 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 can give us better production. I need I need the right production on Lil Baby records for it not to sound oversaturated for me for me personally. So, but I'm not mad at the record. Quality song, quality record, but the feature, I don't know the guy's name. I'm so sorry. Um, ESTG. ESTG. I fuck with your, I fuck with your feature on there for show, for shit show. Um, anything else that's come out musically? I believe that's it. Toy Drop? Toy Lane's Drop? No. Why didn't I? Well, I mean, I'm on title, and I know Tory Lanez and made the stallion is with Rock Nation, so. Oh, you gotta go. What's his name? Because like on his page. Ah, he did drop. I didn't know he dropped though. Oh yeah, he's not on the. He's not on the. I mean, those allegations like iTunes, Apple Music iTunes title for sure because Hove has taken title and uh, his company manages Meg Thee Stallion. So it's uh, so I understand why I didn't because I I um I I subscribe to title, so I understand why I didn't see it on title. It makes sense they're not gonna promote his shit. But uh, I'm glad you told me he dropped, and I'm sorry for my viewers out there. I ride with, I fuck with Megan, but Tory Lanez is a better artist in my opinion. I know Megan is more popular, but he's a better artist. And I just I need all the facts to come out with this case, okay? I love my black women. I fuck with Meg. She's from the city. But Tory Meg, man. Tory <laughs> Tory Lanez, man. It's the R. Kelly effect, man. For as for as crazy and as you know, as as out of pocket as R. Kelly is, he's the king of R and B, low key. So uh, yeah. I'm glad you told me though he, he he dropped the project. I had no idea that he dropped. But um 
Darkio. <laughs> Lil Dirk. Lil Dirk, man. Lil Dirk had a good 2020 and 2019. So I'm gonna have to check his sh- I'm gonna t- I'm gonna have to check his stuff out too. Because again, I wasn't a Lil Dirk fan and I started to tune in. So I'm gonna have to listen some more. Uh let's hop into commercial break real quick. I believe that's all the music that I care about. Um again, in the cut with Kurt James Podcast, episode, I wanna say 16. Um, I go by the name of Kurt James. Subscribe on all your platforms. Subscribe to Kurt James on YouTube. Kurt Space James, all right? Straight cash, homie. Oh, yeah. A lot of these rappers definitely fake the funk. But, hey, (laughs) I will say this. These niggas is ignorant nowadays. These niggas is ignorant and with the shits. What, uh... What Big 30 say? <laughs> My nigga said, I, <laughs> that's why I'm not I'm not arguing with you young niggas out in public. Isn't my Big 30 on he said I had a I had a Glock before I lost my virginity. I said, Oh yeah, I'm not fucking with these niggas. No. No, Big 30 on on neighbors. Okay. We'll pull shicey. I've been that that's my most listened on uh in the month of February is neighbors. <laughs> I had a Glock before I lost my virginity. Oh, nigga, what? Yeah. Nigga. <laughs> nigga. These niggas just rap the most ignorant shit ever. But I but I believe it. I believe it. No, exactly. Exactly. It's just from the outside looking in. <laughs> that shit wow. That's why I see. Yeah, I'm not arguing with these young niggas. No. That's why I'm at. I'm I'm on my low key shit. Like even when a nigga pop, you know I'm gonna be on my D book shit. You know I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna come to spots, but I'm gonna be like low key in the cut. You know what I'm saying? I'm no pun intended, but I'm gonna be. I'm not trying to be seen, you know, with you niggas if if, I, if I'm out and about. But um, yeah, back. I'm sorry, y'all. In the cover, Kurt James podcast. I go by the name of Kurt James. Shout out to uh. Young Nick in the building from the Showtime with Stiff podcast. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, shout out to Houston Basketball Academy at the HBA Hoops. If you're in the city of Houston and you're looking to develop your skills, contact my guys and gals. They will get you right and get that quality uh, together. But um, what you were saying? Oh, but um, real quick, what happened uh, in sports world? Sports world. Um... Oh, yes. So, you know, I follow a lot of Rockets insiders um, on Twitter and social media. And I've been, you know, guys like Roosh. I think that's your name. I follow you on Twitter. And uh, just different um, different media personalities and journalists and insiders. And I've just been seeing a, a growing sentiment from them that Houstonians should... For the Houstonians who are because James Hart because the Nets played the Rockets um, on a Wednesday, and it was his first game back in Houston, and I still haven't seen the highlights, but he was basically saying Houstonians should be grateful that James Harden that we had him for ten years, and you guys should not boo him and cheer him basically, and I'm just <laughs> I'm completely against that opinion, like. First off, that's not a real return game, okay? Because ain't no fans there. Ain't no fans there. Now, talk to me when outside is back open and he returned, right? Then 
I want to see the energy in the building because we haven't forgotten, okay? My man's put on a fat suit, showed his ass, and <laughs> acted as if, and basically quit on the team. Quit on the team um, just to get traded to the Brooklyn Nets. And he's looked amazing. He's looked awesome. But for Roosh and a lot of you insiders out there to really champion this opinion that we should celebrate Harden and we should not have any hard feelings for James Harden based off the great work he's done within the city. I just, hey, first off, fuck no. Fuck out of here with that. Fuck out of here. Because I just don't, re I can't respect it. I cannot respect that shit at all. Y'all got me fucked up. Nigga had a fat suit on. A fuck, go ahead. I'm sorry. I know. It's just, I'm trying to fill in because you ain't got no mic. But no, I keep talking. Y'all little fucking wild. Now, I don't think they retired it. I think they're going to retire it. They announced it um, ahead of his return. But even then, when I was seeing that on Twitter and social media, why are we announcing that we're retiring his jersey, right? I saw people saying, well, we want players and free agents to know that the Rockets take care of their players. Fuck that, okay? Time heals all. Let time pass. Let's see if Harden wins a championship. Not damn sure not this year when this nigga, when this man was acting the ass the whole year, the entire year. Wait until he retires. Then, okay, let's look back at his stats. Again, Tom Hills all before we announce that, right? I don't know why they felt the need to leak that. No, we're not. The Houston Rockets, as of right now, I don't know. Some people would argue this. We are not the Houston Texans, the Houston Rockets. Now, if you're the Houston Texans, I understand this move. If you guys were in a similar scenario, because <laughs> incompetence to the highest degree, to the highest number, the Houston Texans. But the Rockets, I'm not understanding why we had to make this public and make this announcement ahead of his return. No, fuck that. He needs to feel the wrath from Houstonians because... We still remember how you played. Real niggas remember how you played, right? I'm not with that opinion of the insiders that I'm seeing on social media and Twitter. Nah. Hell, fuck out of here. Did you see the game? Or did you see like the um I, so I'm I'm pretty sure they didn't boom they didn't boom, right? I don't think so. I think it was for who was there. You probably couldn't even hear. I know they gave him a video. We gave Russ a video. And again, we did everything for Harden. It's like Harden, you were the one showing up late to meetings, pissing off your homeboys with your um, just missing film sessions and just your lack of just respect for other people's time. We, we know you're the man. We know the offense runs through you, but come on, man. Like, again, when Chris Paul, the best leader in the NBA, don't fuck with you, I have to question your motor and your personality from that point, honestly, right? And when you tell the the organization to trade Chris Ball, Chris Paul for Russ Westbrook, I just don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. Uh, love Russ, but I wish we would have had Chris Paul um, against the Lakers. I would I would have liked to see how that would have worked out. Just in my opinion, but yeah, I'm not with that sentiment. Okay, Harden, his first real game back in Houston. Houstonians, we we have to boo the hell out of this man, honestly, in my opinion. That's how I feel. Call me a, a bitter ex, um, and I understand. I, I know basketball. Harden is a legendary player, extraordinary skill set. But as a Houstonian, 
who's lost <laughs> tons of money betting on uh, the Rockets and betting on James Harden. It just rubs me the wrong way, right? Again, give me Damian Lillard any day. Integrity, respect. He's not all with he's not with this whole super teams era. And I'm kinda as a LeBron fan, I've been with it, but as you know, being on the on the bad side of it, I don't know if I like it. I don't know if I like it. All you niggas teaming up just to win rings, okay? But I think the media, they kind of made that a narrative and made that a thing. It, it's kind of forcing players to join up and buddy-buddy to win a championship so they don't look like a Barkley. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like, you know, dudes like like AI, you know, um, Lillard, I think they're going to have, you know, like AI has a favorable reputation. We don't even look at AI like he don't have a ring, in my opinion, because yeah. he's so beloved. But I think... Exactly. He started off like a champion and just his overall impact on the culture. We talked about this last episode. AI's impact on the culture is just crazy. You got white kids and cornrows and tattoos because of Allen Iverson. That's just, it's, it's different. It's different. <laughs> right? Made niggas have a dress code. So, um, yeah, um, I'm not with that. I'm not with that favorable opinion of James Harden. I'm still bitter. It's still early. And, who I, I, I don't I don't agree with that. Don't agree with that shit at all. Um, but what else? Uh, in sports, real quick before we end it, anything else? Um, who you got for the winning the three point contest? D book, Steph, Tatum, Levine. Um, I'm mad Dame not in it for all this shit. I feel like all this shade him and him and Curry been throwing at each other. And you not gonna get in the three point shootout, Dame? Come on. Um, I'm inclined to go Curry, but in these competitions, oh, Jalen Brown's in it. Um, watch he, watch, watch he win that hoe. Yeah, Tatum, Brown, Booker, Levine, and Curry. Dame's not in there. It might be Jamal Murray on the cool. I don't know. D. Booker, Steph. I want to go Levine just because, like, even though I just feel like it's always unconventional dudes that win that shit. It's never the favorite. Levine's not a real shooter. He's a scorer. He's, yeah, he, he's a scorer. He's a Tatum, too. That's, that's why I said D-Book. D-Book is a scorer, but D-Book, like, D-Book missing it. D-Book gonna miss something. D-Book really got it. Oh, he not Mike, doing it? Yeah, Mike, Mike Conley just been named All-Star, by the way. Why? Who got, is somebody out? Is somebody out? D-Book hurt his knee. Ah, damn. I hope it's not you. Damn, I thought he was about to... You know, after they disrespected him, but okay, I understand. Yeah, so is he considered an all star now? Yeah, he's, he's, he's an all star. Yeah, he's, he's, Mike I, Conley is an all star. No, I'm talking about D Book. Yeah, he's an all star. Just like KD, KD is an all star. Yeah, KD an all star. I know D Book. I mean, I still think that counts. Yeah, definitely because in Mike the Conley. because probably within his contract, you know, he probably has an incentive to become an all star, and oh, technically yeah, he did so. So, yeah, he's an all-star. If it's in the contract, yeah, it's still legit. It's still official. Um, yeah, I might go D-book. Oh, he's not playing. Greatest player to never make an all-star game. Mm. 
<laughs> Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons has some crazy takes, by the way. But I see what I see what he's saying. I see what he's saying. Yeah, 40, 50 years from now. Yeah. Oh, easy. It's easy to lose track of uh, 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 Conley. Easy to lose track of him. Oh, facts, facts. So, um, and who you think wins? I think I got Team LeBron winning. Yeah, um, LeBron, if, K, if, team, if KD, if KD was playing, KD. yeah, <laughs> Team Kevin Durant is missing Kevin Durant. You know, so, it's, it's really like, I don't know, but. oh, and real quick, when you when you hear the um, when you hear KD, who who, who do you think of? Like KD, you, you think of Kevin Durant, right? Yeah. Majority oh, of people would dog. think that. So yeah, I'm. For, Man, so yeah, yeah there was, I was wondering why that was trending, KD and Cash Doll, and apparently Cash Doll goes by the name KD. She refers to herself as KD, and her and KD have been kind of, you know, playfully going back and forth with each other, and Cash Doll low-key, I, I low-key think, low think Cash Doll trying to hit, and, and, and KD as well. I think they're going to try to link up on some shit, if they haven't already in Smack, honestly. Because, but yeah, Cash Doll seemed as if she was dead ass serious about this, and because um, she said niggas niggas want to fuck KD, and then I can understand, but, but I can understand KD saying something like, you know, you didn't have to do that, you know, you know, you didn't have to do that, right? You know who KD is. I'm Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. Y'all y'all know who I am. We and we know who, right? I feel you. Will the real KD please stand up? Facts, you have to. No, you have to. You have to. KD, I need you back healthy uh, for the second half of the season. Real talk, real talk. Prayers up to the Durant camp. But the real KD, I'm like Cash Doll, even because she was posting... And she, <laughs> she was posting throwbacks of like Drake calling her KD, like but K, uh, KD or whatever back in 2018, 2017. But we've known Kevin Durant as KD since he got drafted. Like, since UT, shit. since UT, before we even. Like, Kevin Durant is a household name. Household name. So I just, just for shits and giggles, I just had to make sure. But again, a lot of women who listen to this, by the way, they tell me you need some women on there. You need a woman's perspective. So from, I'm just saying. Majority of people, when they think of KD, think of Kevin Durant, not Cash Doll, in my opinion. But I love Cash Doll, um, love Cash Doll, <laughs> and I'll just okay. and I'll leave it at that. Um, real quick before we end this, uh, I seen this dude. So the coach for Creighton, Greg McDermott, um, out of pocket by the way, just just out of pocket on on all levels. Um, no awareness at all, and it's just white people. 2021, why are we still doing this? Why are we still saying things of this nature? Especially in the climate, especially in today's climate. But uh, Greg McDermott, coach of Creighton, men's basketball team, I guess they were playing bad, and after a game, he used the analogy. Um, what did he say? He said, yeah, nobody leaves the plantation. Nobody leaves the plantation. Basketball coach. That's like a, it's and like I'm a just, yeah, figure of speech. Like, 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 say, say, he was trying to, like, just reach what he's 
I don't know what the fuck he was doing. Plantation? Why you can't say you had to have enough awareness what? to coach to be involved in a in a majority African American sport. Majority of your team is black, more than likely. And uh, to use the word plantation and as any type of motivation. Like what type of really you lost me at that point. You lost me at that point, and I'm not believing this. And then he said something afterwards. He said, oh, well, I offered to resign and things of that nature, but the players just, they really championed for me to coach. Fuck out of here, nigga. <laughs> Fuck out of here. The players just championed for you to stay after you said that shit. Come on now. I'm really supposed to believe that? Now, apparently the university has suspended him as of today for a couple games for those comments. So just the lack of awareness from <laughs> from white people is just just at times from certain white people just astounds me especially and that's just i just don't understand <laughs> oh yeah you're fried you're fried you're done you're done for that no black family house because anybody because i'm doing the due diligence let me do some research on this man oh he said what <laughs> fuck out of here so, yeah, McDermott, Greg McDermott, just the coach of Creighton men's basketball team. What the, what the fuck is wrong with you? Fuck is going on? Now it just it just builds up a barrier between uh, African-American players and white head coaches, honestly, in, in my opinion. But, hey, I mean, I'm not surprised. Like, I used to fuck with this white chick, and her dad was a basketball coach back in the day. And she even told me her dad didn't fuck with black dudes. Like, and damn sure didn't want her dating one. But he's the basketball coach, so. <laughs> and I know a lot of NBA, and I know a lot of players even. Like, you know, Dre, Dre and a couple other niggas. Like, once they got to college, they felt, they, they felt a certain type of way about the business of basketball and um, just the politics with basketball and just how the system is set up. A lot of them, including Dre and a lot of, you know, people who, who hooped, who I was introduced to through, um, you know, through Dre and other people, they they feel a certain way about that shit, right? They feel like the parallels between slavery and sports is, like, akin. And I'm sure we've all heard the analogy, like, with boxing. With pro boxing, it goes back to prize fighting and cock fighting and dog fighting. So... Although a lot of players are getting paid millions of uh, millions of dollars, you know, owners and board members and just all types of individuals are profiting, getting billions of dollars while we're getting pennies on the dollar sometimes. So um, I don't know how I got on this, but uh, oh yeah, Greg McDermott, yeah, the lack of awareness just astounds me. Okay, it's it's just very it's, it's, yes, and the NCAA as far as just profiting off of student athletes right <laughs> just the corruption within that i'm gonna go on a tangent for another hour so uh this was episode 16 of in the cut with kurt james podcast i go by the name of kurt james subscribe to kurt james on youtube to watch the video footage and um all my listeners on spotify title google podcast wherever you stream podcasts i appreciate y'all apple podcasts um, 
spread the news, spread the podcast to everybody, and um, we out. Yeah.